Hey friends, this is Andy Storch, and I'm excited to announce that we are bringing the Talent Development Think Tank Conference back on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. Yes, you might remember we hosted this conference for the first time in January 2020, and it was a huge hit with everyone telling us it was the best conference they ever attended. And of course, we were looking forward to running it again in 2021 until the pandemic hit. That's when I launched the Talent Development Think Tank membership community, and that's been going strong since May of 2020. But I know how valuable it is to get people together in person, and that's why we are excited to be bringing the conference back again on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. I'm committed to making this a highly engaging and interactive event where you can connect, learn, and grow together with other talent development professionals. This is going to be the best event out there in talent development, and I would love to see you there. If you want to find more information and get your tickets today, the website is tdtt.us conference. That's tdtt.us slash conference. I hope to see you there. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat, a show where I interview business executives, talent development professionals, and thought leaders to find out what has been successful and challenging in the world of talent development. My objective is to share ideas, valuable lessons, tools, advice, and trends. My hope is that all of this will ultimately help you, the listener, expand your knowledge, grow your career, and accelerate your success as a talent development professional. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat. I am your host, Andy Storch, and I'm excited that you're joining me today. I've got an interview for you with a new friend I made at a conference recently. His name is Andre Young, and Andre is a speaker and author, the founder of a company called You Evolving Now, and uh, he works with many companies on things like work-life harmony is what he calls it. And he's taken his 19 years of experience as a mental health therapist focused on marital, individual, and group counseling, along with his life-altering experience as an individual athlete, employee, and business owner, and has created a movement of positivity, personal growth, relationship growth, and lifestyle enhancement, and especially enhancing work-life harmony and leadership that he brings to many companies and schools. And he has a book out on relationships, and he also is working on a new book, on leadership, and we go into his seven L's of leadership and how you can dive in and use this to understand what the employees in your company care about, what will motivate them. It's really a nice tool for leadership, and I appreciated hearing it from him today. It's different than some of the other assessment tools that we hear out there. And so I think that will be interesting for you, but I'd love to hear your feedback. So make sure you send that our way. And of course, you can visit his website for more information. We will drop a link in the show notes. For now, enjoy my interview with Andre Young. If you work in talent development, you know that your job has become more important than ever. The problem is there's so much uncertainty and noise out in the business world, and things are changing so fast, it's hard to know where to go and what tools and resources to use to solve your problems. That's why I recently launched the Talent Development Think Tank community as a central and safe place to access information, ask questions, and talk with other L&D professionals like you so that you can achieve your goals and accelerate your career. Join today to get instant access to our online platform and community of ambitious, helpful talent development professionals who understand your world and can help you solve your problems. Right now, I'm offering 25% off the subscription price to podcast listeners. Just go to talentdevelopmentthinktank.com and use code HOTSEAT for 25% off. That's talentdevelopmentthinktank.com and use code HOTSEAT. 
Thanks, and on to the episode. Andre, welcome to the podcast, my friend. All right, Andy, thank you for having me. Hi, everybody. Happy Wednesday or whatever day you're listening to this. That's right. We're recording this on a Wednesday. We're already bonding over our love of the famous Geico commercial with the camera. <laughs> Hump day. But I typically release my podcast interviews on Tuesday. So you might be listening to it on Tuesday or any other day. Doesn't matter. Thanks for joining us. I've got a great interview for you today. And Andre, you and I met at a conference not that long ago at the Growth Now Movement Live hosted by our mutual friend, Justin Shank up in Reading, Pennsylvania. Yes, go Justin. I, I love conferences and I'm putting on my first conference later this year in November. We can talk about that. But the reason I love conferences is because of the people that I meet there. So people ask me all the time, like, why do you go to so many conferences? How do you decide what conference to go to? And a lot of people look at the speakers and I, like Growth Now Movement, I didn't know who any of the speakers were. I don't go to a conference based on the speakers. I go to a conference based on the people that I think I'm going to meet there because I know I'm going to meet someone like you. And as soon as I met you and I heard your story, I was like, I got to get this guy on the podcast because he's doing some amazing work. And so it's really cool that we made this happen. Well, thank you. And I agree wholeheartedly with where you're at and going to conferences and meeting people. It's the power of the people you could be sitting next to, not always the people that are on the stage, even though, you know, I, I'm honored to be on stages. Yeah. What attracted me to you was your shirt. You had such a great shirt and ensemble. And I was like, who is this guy? I love his fashion. And then to be able to talk with you and find out more about you and what you're doing and just how and who you are, I'm honored to be on your show. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. All right, let's, we don't have a lot of time. So let's dig into your story because I know you've had ups and downs. You've done a lot of interesting things that has led you to where you are today. So how did Andre get to where you are today? Oh my goodness. Well, that's a big story that I'll condense. But a lot of what I do is for corporate university athletics and high schools. And people say, well, you should just focus on one. And I say, well, I can't because I was that high school student. And my only passion, I picked up a football and fell in love with it. And I married football. And it got me out of a lot of bad situations because I didn't like school. I didn't enjoy school. I still don't like school. I love learning, but I don't like school. And football kept me motivated. And one of the hardest parts about playing football and one of the most disgusting parts for me, and this might not be true for every other athlete, but played one year in high school because I was a knucklehead and messing up, making mistakes, got a scholarship to go to college and played there. But upon graduation, I grew none from one conversation I ever had in the locker room. Not one time. Now, other people may have a different story, but I found that to be criminal. How did I just pass all of these classes, go to school, do all of these things, play and become an all-star and do all of that, but I'm not prepared to be a husband, a father, a son, an employee, nothing. And that really struck a chord in me because it impacted so many other areas of my life. I've also been an employee and I know what goes on outside of work is going to travel on into work. They say, leave it at the door. Well, sometimes that's impossible. You know, whether you're the CEO, you're the vice president, you are the janitor, you got things going on inside your life in other areas that will come into work. And if you're in a position of power, look who you can abuse. Yeah. And especially you know, and if you're not in a position of power, look how much you have to lose because you're living that check. Yeah. So that strikes a chord. And then, you know, from a corporate perspective, you'll hear work-life balance. I say work-life harmony because... Mm. You know, we live in America where we're going to work and we're going to work and we're going to work. And I'm okay with working. 
you know, I do this for some blue collar factories, workers, and they're on the line 12 hours a day, five days a week. That's 60 hours. I don't spend 60 hours on a beta with my wife a week. Mm. So we're not always going to have balance, but we can have harmony. But the employer says, take care of yourself, self-care, work-life balance. But every training they send you to is about how to get better at the job, how to improve the bottom line. So I mm-hmm. saw the problem there. I saw a discrepancy there. I saw people who wanted more in both personal and professional, but there was nothing really there other than to get better at the craft. And from a leadership standpoint, I saw people get promoted who were really just good at one thing. You sell a million dollars worth of product. Well, now you're the sales manager, sales director. Well, you haven't proven you can lead anybody. You can sell a million dollars worth of product, right? You know, same thing with sports. You score a thousand points. Now you're the team captain. You haven't proved you can lead anybody. So from those things that I saw and going through a divorce earlier in life and realizing that most people's definition of success are so singularly focused that it becomes a problem. You know, there's negatives and positives to everything. The positive of your idea of success is that when you catch it, it's good. You achieved it. You accomplished it. Great for you. But the other thing is, if you ask most people what their definition of success is or their dream is, they're going to tell you the one thing that they believe if they chase it and catch it, will make them happy. And when you chase it and catch it, one of three things is going to happen. You're going to chase it and catch it, and you're not the person you need to be to enjoy it and keep it. So whether it's the position, whether it's the leadership, whether it's the girl, whether it's the guy, whatever it is, I've been there. Or you're going to chase it and catch it, and it's not what you thought it was going to be. Mm. That promotion you thought was going to be so great comes with 500 emails a day, not that much more money, and your soul attached to it. It might come with you leading people that you are not very comfortable leading. It might come with so many different things. It may come with the, the hours. Whatever it is, it's going to come with something. I became a professional football player at the age of 30, way out of football. I was done. Coach taught me back in the play and got in shape, made the team. Love game day is awesome being out there, but I didn't like the lifestyle anymore. So we get it. We catch it. We don't like it. And now we're depressed and lonely and frustrated. Mm-hmm. We don't know what to do or who we are. Yeah. And we think, why am I not happy? This is what I wanted. Right. And now what? And then lastly, you catch it. You're the person you need to be. It's what it's supposed to be. And then life comes and changes everything. It gut punches you and it don't matter anyway. So with all of that as my answer, that's what some of the things that I've been through and one of the biggest reasons why I do what I do. I get to do this. I love doing work-life harmony and leadership from a personal leadership and hard leadership skills for companies, employees, high school students, and university athletes. It just means so much. And you were also a counselor or a social worker, right? For me. I was. I, I was a mental health therapist for 19 years. I did it in alternative schools. I did inpatient, outpatient. I responded to school deaths and teacher deaths. I did family. I did marital. I did group. I did everything except addiction. And mm. I, I loved it. I thought I would retire doing that, but I felt called to do something more creative, a little bit more positive, and uh, without the stigma. And but if you need it, it's a valuable profession. And you know, by all means, go. You know, it, it, when you know you need something like that, please. But I wanted to bring it to where the busy people are, mm-hmm. and I found that most people are too busy being busy that they're not ready to be better. 
and things got to get so bad in people's lives for them to stop their version of busy after work, after school, after playing, that they'll go to a therapist. Things by that point have gotten really bad. Mm -hmm. So how do we proactively, how do I proactively bring things of value that impact people in their four Ps as a person, a partner, a parent, and professional and bring them to where they already are, to work, to their team, to their school, to their university, and then lastly, on their phone. So when I'm not there, I say, hey, can you let me live in your pocket? And, you know, they get a few things during the week, like questions, and then it ends with, do you know your partner's answer? Do you know your kid's answer? Getting us out of our own headspace, and then a lot of other things throughout the week as well. That is cool. Andre, you can be in my pocket anytime. <laughs> it sounds kind of funny, Andre, in my pocket. This episode of the Talent Development Hot Seat is sponsored by Advantage Performance Group. Advantage is the first place to call when you need leaders to lead, sellers to sell, and your business to flourish. We specialize in connecting organizations with exceptional learning solutions to help them turn strategy into action and get their people doing the best work of their lives. And we're also proud to be providing tons of great content and inspiration to you and everyone out there during troubled times. You can go to advantageperformance.com to find any of our weekly webinars, insights, white papers, and blogs we've been putting out to help you survive and thrive during challenging times. That website, again, is advantageperformance.com. And now back to the show. You talked earlier about work-life harmony and yeah. this idea of being proactive, right? Before things get so bad, feel like you need to see a therapist. And some people do that proactively, but a lot of times it's because things have just gotten you know, out of control and you're really stressed or whatever the challenge might be in your life. Mm -hmm. You mentioned earlier about you know, people bringing their problems home with them or bringing them to work with them. And I think it's probably more prevalent than it ever has been because even if you try to forget, we all have a smartphone in our pocket work comes home with us. The more senior right. you get, the more often you're probably checking your email and responding to right. things at night and on the weekends. And same thing, you've got you know, home stuff coming with you to work, right? You're working, you're texting. Especially with, with the cell phones because yeah. it's now always coming through. There's no way you can push it aside. So that interaction or argument you had at home or whatever's going on in your home, right. it comes into work. It's living in your pocket. That's right. It's right there. You're texting with your spouse or your brother or whatever, whoever you got the fight with, and it's still right. happening. But right. So now you, more than ever, we need to make both great. Yeah. I mean, this old idea of balance is not necessarily happening anymore, right? There's not like the work nine to five and then go home and forget about it. But, you know, companies are definitely set on trying to give people enough time off and making sure they can travel and, and do the things they want to do. And that's more and more important to the younger workers I'm seeing, the second half of millennials and Gen Z. When you talk about this idea of work-life harmony, how do companies help their people have more work-life harmony? Well, besides bringing me in. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, uh, but the truth is this. From a work-life harmony standpoint, I love a company that's going to think outside of the box and have different trainings. Because one of the things that I do off of my book, Seven Ways to Love, is when I come in and do a quarterly and I'm there one time per season for their people, right? The second one is always Seven Ways to Love. So any company that's willing to bring something that's not necessarily bottom line related, that impacts their employees from a relational standpoint, health and wellness standpoint, all of those things, because it matters. So when people come and sit down and see seven ways to love, first they're looking, can we even talk about this here? Is this legal? Is, is this an HR issue? 
<laughs> but the truth is you're going to go home. And we know that your partner or your problems or your life is living in your pocket anyway. So how do we make that great? So we don't, you know, we can go home to it because we'll give people more time off. But do they want to be home? Do they want to even be where they said they wanted to be? How do we make that great? So I just spoke at a uh, company yesterday and, you know, fantastic company, Snap-on Tools. If anybody's listening, Snap-on Tools is an amazing company. And they uh, did how to manage change. And one of the end parts of it was being excited. And one of the things that I would share with all employees is there's four different parts of your day, four or five different parts of your day. And if we can understand as employees and leaders how we wake up and what we consume when we wake up, what we do first when we get to work, what are we doing for ourselves midday? How do we return home and then how do we go to bed? Those five factors right there, if we can put something powerful, influential, inspirational, motivational in there, it doesn't make this big impact in a day, in a week. But when we multiply doing things like that by months, years, decades, it, you have to change. You have to evolve. So maybe implementing some of these things at work, having your people know about that, bringing different type of things in that are not just hard and fast safety or protocol and all of those things need to happen. By all means, every employee, let's perfect our craft. Let's be great at our craft, but let's be really good as people too. So that people want to and enjoy following the leaders that have in place and the people who you're going to elevate as leaders are more than just managers more than just people directing things. So that part is really huge. The other part is being able to learn everybody's language. And I came up with the Leader 7, writing my newest book that's coming out. And you know, it's a game changer in learning how to speak every person's language that is in your space. That's awesome. Well, I know we were going to get into that today. And so now you've got me. That's a great transition. You got me curious. What are the Leader 7? Can you share those? Absolutely. So well, first, we have to understand that as leaders, we all need to be able to speak all seven. Because I say, if you were going to move to France tomorrow, my wife wants to go to France. So one day we started off, we went to Paris and Vegas. We'll get to, to France eventually. But if you were going to move to France tomorrow, you were going to live there for the rest of your life. Would you learn the language? Of course. Right? Most people say yes. You wouldn't have to, but if you're going to live there, you, you probably Exactly. Because you don't have to, and you could get along but you're going to experience so much more and get so much more out of Mm -hmm. it if you do. Right. So if that's the case, and we know that's the case, then how about we learn everybody's language that's around us? So I found what employees, players, or any type of follower, and follower sounds like such a bad word, like the F word, and it's not because it depends on who you're following and why you're following them, you know? Followers can be leaders. They're just as important, if not more important. And that's the whole point. If they will become leaders. But it's the seven languages that they want to hear, need to hear, and benefit most from hearing for inspiration, motivation, and moving forward. So what it came down to is each person that's following has a top one or two. They have a top one or two. All it takes for us as leaders to know them. So we have Goody's top. And I often joke that I stayed at a company, I was an employee, I stayed at a company a few months too long because of goodies time. They brought in, whether it was donuts, whether it was coffee, pharmaceutical reps would come in and they would have this huge spread. You almost have like dinner for lunch. It was awesome. (laughs) So goodies time. Some people are driven by that. The goodies that are being brought in. 
I had one supervisor one time say, everybody load up. We're going to do a field trip. We went down to the local coffee place and she treated the coffee. Goodies time. Awesome. So I'm not fully driven by that, but I know there was a time in my life where I was. Then you have quality minutes. Can as a leader, and some people are very inspired by the leader spending two seconds, five minutes out of their day to talk to them about something that's not company or business related. Hey, Andy, how you doing? What are your plans for the weekend? What's going on? How's your wife? How's your Things like that matter. I was recruited by a coach one time, and once I was on the team, we didn't speak ever again. I've seen, I've passed CEOs for the companies I worked in. We're walking towards each other, heads on the floor, no high, no nothing, just nothing. Mm, right. Quality minutes. Then we have recognition and affirmation. Some people are fully driven by that pat on the back, letting them know that they're important, seeing how they play a part in the bigger picture of things. So we all like all of these seven that I'm going to mention, but there's a top one or two that really resonate with us. We have knowledge and advancement. Earlier in my career, I wanted to know what you knew so I can be who you are one day, so I can have your position, so I can sit at your desk. Some people are driven by the knowledge and the advancement of things. Then you have incentives. My wife, fully, she's an incentive person to the hilt. If you put bonuses, she's going to get it. You put a trip, she's going to get it. Not every company can put out such big bonuses or things like that, but even if it's gift cards or competitions in the office, it's amazing. Then we have flexibility. I am a huge flexibility person. That is my main language, that and respect, my top one and two. And flexibility becomes twofold. Can my ideas be flexibly implemented in here? A flexibility person loves to be asked, hey, what's going great here? And what do you think needs to be adjusted? Flexibility person loves that conversation. Flexibility can also mean, can I work in a flexible manner? You know, so maybe I can work from here or maybe I can work from home or maybe I'm in different entities. I like to be flexible. Lastly, number seven is respect. Now, respect was a huge thing as I did my research and was talking to people and employees. Everybody likes respect. And because it was mine, and this is a, a difficulty that a lot of leaders have, because it was my language, I thought everybody would have their first language as respect and their second language as something else. It wasn't the case. But the people who did say respect, everybody acknowledged that it was important. They said, one, do I have the tools to be successful? How is it that you speak to me? How is it that you email me? When is it that you email me? You know, from, uh, you know, are you talking down to me? Are you standing over me? There's certain situations as a leader, we might be saying tough news or disciplining some person and we're blocking a doorway. All of these different things that go into respect is really, really big. For instance, I'll stay up late. I have a one month old right now. So staying late and doing, staying up late and doing work is kind of skimmed down a little bit. But when I do, I can stay up at one o'clock, one thirty in the morning, two o'clock in the morning and doing stuff and writing my books, but I never email anybody. I do not email anybody at 2 a.m. or whatever. Why? Because there are some employees that feel tremendously stressed and anxious that they need to respond back that they feel like they can't even sleep or they, or I need to get to this. Perhaps they have a significant other sitting next to them. We don't know right, if there's right, notifications on their phone and they're dinging and chiming. And now they have to answer as to why their phone is ringing, dinging and chiming at 2 a.m. They're sitting in bed fighting about you while you're sitting there doing emails. 
<laughs> we don't know. Yeah. So I'll even prepare the email. It's all ready. The send button is ready to be hit and I'll keep it up and I'll hit it at 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning when I come back to my office ready to do work and I know they're ready to go. So simple things like that become really big things like that. And then how do we make it easy to be either hand out a paper or email and say, hey, what's your, these are the seven. What's your top two? It is so easy because I wanted to make it easier. If it's not easy, you're not going to do it. Now you know everybody's top two. But as a leader, you got to know yours because that's who you're going to gravitate to. And you also got to know which ones resonate the least right. with you. I got all A's one time. I asked my mom. I said, hey, can I get some extra of this or that? She said, boy, I don't pay you to do what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to get all A's. You go to school, you're smart. So for me, when I have employees, incentives is the last thing I go to because I don't even think of it. But if I knew that so many of people on my staff or one person was incentive-based, now I know how to talk to them. I know how to lead because now what I teach is how to speak it casually, but also set up being able to have those tough conversations that no leader wants to have, but must have in order to stay a leader. So that's the leader seven, knowing what ours are, knowing what resonates the least with us, knowing how to speak it to the people that are, we are leading in both the good times and bad times, and really getting the most out of everybody. Can you imagine if the people closest to you or around you or who led you were speaking your language? Mm. Yeah, or at least understood what your language was so right. that they can give you the respect that you want or the affirmations that you want or you know, the recognition or giving you career advancement opportunities or, you know, looking at those incentives. Because you're right, I've noticed throughout my career, I mean, people are incentivized different ways to work. I think that it's so interesting when you look at sales teams, for instance. And I just had a conversation with somebody the other day at a, at a large financial institution, and they were looking to find ways to help their salespeople get better at their jobs and sell more. And he was trying to introduce some training and development to help them understand how to do their job better. But the boss really just wanted to rely completely on incentives. And you'd think most companies for a long time think, well, just offer bigger bonuses and people will sell more. But there's a lot right. of people that are incentive that are motivated by different things. They want that recognition and affirmations, or they just want flexibility or respect. And they don't care as much about the trip or the bonus money. And some people, right. that's all they care about. Because affirmation is free. You yep. could spend less money because if you have a team of 12, you have a team of 20, maybe you have a team of 100, how many people actually circled or responded back that incentives is even their thing? Mm -hmm. You know, now it's easy to know. Now we just have to be willing to now do something about it because incentives can yeah. be easy because although it might cost the company some money, you don't have to do anything. Right. Here's the incentive. Now go. <laughs> and so it's going to take a little bit more. You got to care to do this. You got to care to do this, but it's not just one leader knowing it. The leaders know it, and then the leaders have their teams that they manage, and it just makes sense. So you can break it down and say, hey, listen, once a week, I'm going to do this for one person a day. That stuff adds up after a while. Mm -hmm. People realize that they've been touched with something, especially when you're leaning it and doing some of the preface statements and the positive sandwich that I didn't even get into. Yeah. You know, but if it's not simple, you're not going to do it. I have simplified it to the point that it's too easy not to do it. Yeah, I like that. You really have. I mean, you could go through these very easy to understand. I've noticed in talking with a lot of talent development leaders that, you know, especially the younger generation, I mentioned this earlier as well, 
tend to value career development a lot more than maybe was spoken about before. And yeah. people really want to know that there are opportunities for them to move around yeah. and, and to learn and to grow, whether it's personal development, professional development. Where do you place that in there? Is that knowledge and career advancement? You know what? Um, I place that under I place that under something else, what I call the leader's question. Okay. So I have the get great question and I have the leader's question. And the leader's question sounds like this, becoming one servant leaders. Hey, how is it that I can help you? Please let me know if there's anything I can do. That's one. But then the other part is, why are you here? What do you want to get out of this experience? Especially when you notice somebody who is bubbling under the surface, you know they have more, and you can come to them and say, hey, listen, I know you have more to offer. Where do you want to go with it? That's when we ask somebody why they're here and what they want to get out of being here, we typically only ask that question at their initial interview. We interview somebody and we ask them all of the questions that, you know, and they give their generic practice answer. They stood in the mirror, they had their suit or best dress on and they practiced this. Have we asked them a year into it? Have we asked them three years into being here? Maybe their why has changed. Maybe their want to has changed about some different things. So that question right there, I believe there's so much power in questions and we stop asking them. See, if you go to a school, middle school, high school, some universities, you'll see all of these pictures up about dreams and what you want and things like that. But when you start working, there's no more posters about that. There's no more, but I don't ask you anymore, except for that one time that you passed the interview and now you're here. So if we can get more proactive about continuously asking, just like the leader said, but we need to ask that every year because their language can change. I went from knowledge and advancement to respect to flexibility and respect. If you were trying to promote me later in my career, I didn't want that. I wanted flexibility so I can leave and then do you evolving now what I'm doing now. So being able to ask that question, because what I find is when I sit down with employees, there are so many employees that want more and are ready to do more, but they don't even know what opportunities are available to them. And I help with, you know, going from leaders asking these great questions, but also sitting with employees to ask to get great questions. We, as if you are a follower, if you are a leader, if you are a player, mm -hmm. we have responsibility in our advancement too. Sitting there waiting to be noticed, come on. The get great question says, hey, whoever, I want to be great here. I want to be the best bop, bop, bop here. Can you help me? What is it that I need to do to get to where I want to go? I speak with athletic teams and sit there with 90 football players, and on average, two people raise their hand that they ask their coach this question. Employees are no different. Employees are no different. So if we ask that question, we must prepare ourselves for the answer that's going to come. Mm. We also are going to have to give them permission to answer it. What I mean by that is we're going to ask that question. Typically, an employee or a leader or a supervisor or a manager hasn't been asked this question often. We're catching them off guard. They might be busy. They have a thousand other things in their mind. If they answer you right now, is it their full answer? Do they even have time to answer you? Do they believe and trust that you can accept their answer if they really gave you the hard facts about what you needed to do? Yeah. Because they know what you're doing and what you're not doing. Right. So once they say it as the employee that wants more, it's not dupes up, time ready to fight. It's not disconnected. I can't hear what they have to say. As people, we already know the should word. It's a bully word, but it's a good word sometimes. And in this sense, it's good. We already know what we should be doing. 
in our relationships as parents, as professionals. We already know what we should be doing. Whether we're doing it or not is another story. But if you had, hey, this is where I want to be. What should you be doing? You have your answer already in your head. Does it match your supervisor's answer? If so, great, do it. If not, never stop doing what you know you should do because that's going to give you an value. You're going to want to continue doing it because everybody wants to do what they want to do, when they want to do it, and how they want to do it. So let them do it. Please do it. But you marry it with what they need from you. You marry it with their advice. If I'm a football player and I want to run faster, but my coach wants me to play better defense, then I'm only getting better in the area I want to. And I'm still yeah. sitting on the bench. So they got to have that. You need the employee and the manager to have that conversation. And sometimes that's happening. Sometimes it's not happening. Sometimes the employee is asking for things the manager thinks is unreasonable or the manager is just not asking those questions. They don't know. They're not recognizing what the employee's strengths are or what they really want and what they really appreciate. So I think what you're saying is that the most important thing at the end of the day is that the manager, the leader, the company asks that question. uh, Why are you here? How can I help you? Where do you want to get to? What do you really like? What do you appreciate? You know, what's going to motivate you to help you understand those things? And then for the employee to say, hey, I want to be great here. Can you help me with that and, and figure out what that is? So do you, do you have tools or anything that you provide to help facilitate that conversation? What's the best way to get that going? Absolutely. Well, uh, some of the tools, like I said, the leadership. Uh, well, some of the things that I do is I go and I do one-on-one mentoring. So we have a five-week program. I call it my Wu Way. I can customize it to what the issues may be or concerns or what you want to get most out of it. We have an evolved and lead program that's five weeks. We must start with the leaders because if the employees know what the leader should be doing and they're not doing it, then that's a problem. <laughs> so yeah. we work our way down that way. Uh, and I do executive coaching as well. That's something that you know some companies, they liked what the value was of what we were doing, but okay, it need to happen next year. So can you do this for me personally or we can, I can come into the company and work with them there? So I'm, my language is flexibility. Let's get flexible about how we make an impact moving forward mm. based on the concerns you have and where we're going. This is what I have. What can help? So yes, there's tools from the one-on-one mentoring, from the executive coaching, from the Evolve and Lead program and uh, managing change. I just did that yesterday, as I mentioned before, because some of these changes, and we're focused on at work right now, but some of the changes at work are going to be very beneficial for you, whether you're the leader, whether you're an employee. Some of them are not. And some things you want to do. So how do you manage all three of those changes? The change that's beneficial for you? Because you know some leaders are new leaders. Maybe they're new and now they are supervising their old coworkers and friends. I've been there. Not a lot of fun sometimes, but if you can't have this hard conversation or this preface statement that I'm talking about, you know, it can get really, really ugly. Maybe you're new from outside the company coming in. Maybe now you are leading people on the front line, but now you're leading leaders. And now we need to be able to respect and understand that their superpowers is what got them there. How do we respect that? Not just what you value. You know, so there's a lot of different ways that we can be of impact. But sometimes I say we. Because I do have partners when we come in. I like a holistic approach. So if you like all of me, fantastic. But if you want to do health and, health and wellness, we have that team. We have a financial team because people at your job are getting paid once every two weeks. But most people are mismanaging that paycheck once every two weeks. Yeah. So, and, uh, and, there, and these are things that 
you know, companies could facilitate as well. Like they need to get this conversation going. And it sounds like there's a lot of great things that you can do to help with that. So for anybody listening who wants to get in touch with you, maybe find out more, what's the best place for them to go? A few different things. Uh, you can go to youevolvingnow.com. It's Y-O-U, evolvingnow.com. I guess I should have put a U. Some people ask, is it a U there? I said, that would have been interesting. You know, you could go to my Facebook page, Andre Young. It's not Dr. Dre. Me and him have the same name. So if he pops up, that is not me. You could go to my email. It's young.andre, A-N-D-R-E, 32, at gmail.com. Or old school, give me a call. I'd love to reach back out to you, 610 610- Four zero six one eight five two. All right, Andre. Well, thank you. This has been helpful. And when's that book coming out? The book is coming out in the spring or a little before. So I can't wait. I'm so excited about it because the Leader 7 came from writing this last chapter. I'm putting this together and the book is called Seven Ways to Lead. And I was writing the Leader 7 and I said, oh my goodness, I just stumbled across something that I know is life-changing, especially as we start doing this. And I was going to make it a separate book. And talking with my publisher, he said, no, let's cram everything in here with some great, juicy, impactful stuff, and we are going to get going. So come early spring, boom, here we go. All right, it's early 2020. We'll look for that book, The Leader 7. Andre, this is awesome. Thank you so much for coming on to share uh, all of your experience and your insights, and there's so much more we could talk about. We do have to wrap things up, but I appreciate you coming on to share. Thanks so much for coming on the Talent Development Hot Seat. Thank you, Andy. You are the man. Guys, have a fantastic day and enjoy your evolution. Ha. All right. Take care. If you're looking for a place to connect with colleagues and peers from your industry and find out what other people in talent development are working on, you need to check out the brand new Talent Development Think Tank membership community. Inside, we have members from companies all over the world who are working on all different things in talent development and sharing what's been working, what's been not working, and answering each other's questions so we can all get our jobs done more effectively and be more successful in our careers. If you'd like to join us, we'd love to have you. Just head on over to tdtt.us slash community, and you can use code HOTSEAT for 25% off your subscription. That's tdtt.us slash community and use code HOTSEAT for a limited time for 25% off your subscription. If you have any questions, reach out to me and let me know and we'll see you there. Thanks for listening to the Talent Development Hot Seat. If you got value out of this show, please subscribe, leave a review and share with your colleagues and friends. We want to spread the word and add as much value to the talent development community as possible. And we need your help. As always, you can find more information and connect with me at talentdevelopmenthotseat.com. Take care.